On first reading, this parable feels harsh. We have a king demanding payment from a servant who can't repay the debt, and when threatened with being sold along with his entire family, the servant begs for patience. And out of compassion, the master offers not a payment plan, not a grace period, not 50 cents on the dollar, but full grace, complete forgiveness. We have a video clip that illustrates this, so let's watch that. said okay I will forgive I will forgive you and then the servant said thank you you're the best king best king ever all right that adds a little levity to a rather harsh parable but isn't that what we expect that the servant will be filled with joy transformed by the extreme relief of having his debt forgiven to go off with a grateful heart, extolling the wonderfulness of the king. But no, the servant who experienced this tremendous grace turns around and viciously demands payment from a peer for a debt owed. 
the second servant begs for patience, just as the first did. But he receives no grace. Instead, he's thrown into prison until he can pay. What? How can he earn money to pay back the debt if he's in prison? He can't. There is no way he would ever be able to accomplish this from a prison cell. So he would be imprisoned for the rest of his life. What would happen to his family? Couldn't the first servant see that the punishment extended far beyond the relationship of these two men? The absence of forgiveness, of compassion, is obviously unjust. We want to side with the second servant, which is what his co-workers did in complaining to the master. And the situation only became uglier from there. But we need to dig a little deeper to better understand, because we hear this very differently than Matthew's original Jewish audience, or even those that Jesus told the parable to. It helps to know the currency and equivalents of the debts owed. The first servant owed 10,000 talents. One talent was the equivalent of 15 years of wages. And 10,000 was the highest number used in ancient accounting. In fact, the entire annual Jewish tax totaled only 600 talents. So the forgiven debt was absolutely outrageous. It was beyond imagination. This is like a mailroom clerk owing Bill Gates a gazillion dollars, okay? Obviously that debt would never be repaid. It would take several lifetimes. So the servants pleading for patience was completely ridiculous. The second servant's debt was 100 denarii, which is equivalent to 100 days of wages for a typical worker. Significant, but certainly payable if given a little grace. The difference was over half a million times less than the first servant's debt. So his violent response was completely uncalled for compared to the forgiveness that he had received. Okay, we can recognize that the parable isn't so much about money as it is about sin. And when Peter asked Jesus if he should forgive a brother or sister seven times, we hear that as a small number. But in Jewish numerology, seven could represent infinity. So Peter has already gone big here. But Jesus' response of 77 times completely blows it out of the water. It puts no limits on forgiveness. The parable certainly illustrates the unimaginable forgiveness God shows humanity. 
as well as our limited capacity to forgive. We can probably all think of occasions when forgiveness seemed impossible, whether for ourselves in our own wrongdoing or for others who've sinned against us or friends or family. I remember hearing several times at the union blessing ceremony of my brother and his partner how great it was that both families were there. So many of the guests hadn't seen their family for years after having come out as gay. To be gay was unforgivable in the eyes of their parents. I heard a story just yesterday about another wedding flooded in unforgiveness. The groom's dinner couldn't accommodate extra people, and they had asked that numbers be limited. But the bride invited her grandparents. The groom's parents were so angry at being disrespected that they refused to go to the wedding. They cut off all ties with their son and his wife, and today they have grandchildren that they have never seen because of their inability to forgive. Isn't that like a prison sentence? They've imprisoned themselves by hanging on to their anger, and they've imprisoned their son and his wife and their children in their unforgiveness. Yes, they were deeply hurt, but the deeply hurt so many others in their extreme response. They are inflicting torture and living with torture themselves. But the past does not have to dictate the future. God has shown us unlimited forgiveness in reconciling humanity to God through Jesus' death on the cross. And Jesus cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. God desires reconciliation in all of our relationships. But we so often are not able to forgive fully. In the video clip, the servant and the master sang together, let it go. It would be easy to end this right there. Forgive and forget, right? But that's not how human minds work. The reality of human memory allows recall of hurt feelings, of smashed dreams, of damaged relationships, and even denial or blocking of memories too traumatic to bear. When I worked in the St. Paul schools, I had a classroom aide that came in one morning telling us that her 15-year-old was taken to the hospital with severe stomach pains. They were sure it was appendicitis, but she delivered a baby boy. The girl had no idea she'd been pregnant, and while she had gained weight, it was not obvious to anyone else. Through therapy, it came to light that she had been raped and was so traumatized that her mind blocked out the event with something so painful. 
it might be impossible for us to simply let it go. How many of us are carrying around extreme pain perpetrated by someone else that we just aren't able to let go of? We hang on to the hurt of wrongs committed against us, and we hang on to the memories of pain that we've caused and mistakes that we've made. Yet we pray, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Nothing about us is hidden from God, yet his forgiveness is limitless. Enormous, boundless, unfathomable. Still, we are unaware of many of our sins, the things we've done and the things that we haven't done but should have. Can we look on the other with love and compassion? Can we see ourselves as God sees us? The answer is yes but only with God's help. I have one more story that highlights what I'm talking about. Several years ago at a women's retreat, I led a guided meditation. And afterwards, a woman asked if she could talk about the images she'd received during the meditation, wondering what it might mean. She shared that her husband had done something that she was having trouble forgiving so this is what she saw in her mind. Her own hand, and standing in it, a miniature version of her husband, who she kept lifting up to God over and over and over again, maybe 77 times. She couldn't just let it go or forget. In her vision, she turned to God and gave over the hurt inflicted by her husband. And in her attempt to forgive, in the act of releasing her pain, she opened a door to a future that past experience had closed off. Forgiveness from the heart is not a once and done accounting. But Jesus Christ gave us the only possible way to live in peace instead of being tortured by the past. Forgiveness is never just let it go, but rather let it in, let it work, let it heal. In the reshaping of connections and community so that healing and wholeness are the results. Return to the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Amen.